0: I can see over me In the first of the morning This is America on par, a powerful punch political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking things out. What just happened? There's a, a car commercial that bounces back and forth between a teenager. I think of this commercial a lot. It's got a teenager who's just been given a new car. And then there's a businessman whose car's just been vandalized. And the girl says, this, is this my car? I can't believe it. And the businessman says, is this my car? I can't believe it. See, it's the same words. It's just how you say it. Well, the same thing's going on in America right now. Trump supporters are saying, what just happened? And the media and the pollsters are all saying, what, what just happened? can't believe it. So I want to try to explain what exactly just happened. I don't want to overstate Trump's victory because there are some definite warning signs for Republicans here and history has some lessons Republicans need to pay attention to. I also want to explain to members of the media why they got it wrong, why they got it so wrong. And finally, I want to help the Democrats that voted for Hillary that didn't want Trump. Or even Democrats who didn't vote for Hillary, just didn't want Trump. I want them to understand their countrymen who voted for the unthinkable. I'm hoping to create a little bit of understanding there that that maybe can be comforting. Let's start with the media. Here's part of the problem. The liberal bias in the media has made the press less trustworthy. Let me read to you from the AP's report announcing Trump's victory. Now, the Associated Press was just about the first one to call. I know the Washington Post called him. AP called it about the same time. So here's their article. Donald Trump claimed his place Wednesday as America's 45th president, an astonishing victory for the celebrity businessman and political novice who capitalized on voters' economic anxieties, took advantage of racial tensions, and overcame a string of sexual assault allegations on his way to the White House. What just happened? Took advantage of racial tensions? What the hell is that? Where did that come from? What evidence does the AP have that Trump was taking advantage of racial tensions? That wasn't in the exit polls anywhere. Nobody said, I'm voting for Trump because he's white. Or I'm voting for Trump because he's not Obama because Obama was black. That's not there. The exit polls said they wanted a strong leader. That's not code word for white guy. It wasn't in the exit polls. It was only in the minds of the reporter who wrote that story. And that's the problem. What's worse is that six different reporters actually contributed to that article, and not one of them stopped the bias from leaking through. All day, all night, reporters and anchors and pundits were stunned and asking out loud, why were we so wrong? What just happened? How could we not have gotten this right? Here's an example. Here's how Brian Williams over at MSNBC reacted when his coworker told him Trump might actually be able to win. Take a listen. You take a look at what's left on this map, and you would need, excuse me, you would need Wisconsin. Wisconsin would put him over. Wisconsin would put him at 270 at that point. Jeez. All right. That's right. America's anchor, when told that Trump might actually win, he said, oh, Jesus. And then they, they cut to him on camera, and the look on his face was just stunned. What just happened? And then the explanation started coming in. It's the uneducated white voters who won it for Trump. Uneducated. That's the actual word some journalists used, uneducated. That's part of the problem. Look, I have two undergrad degrees and a master's degree. So does my wife. She's back in school going for more. My brother and sister-in-law both have MBAs. My father's a doctor. My mother has a master's degree in tax law. I also have a friend, very close friend, who never graduated high school. But he knows things... No one else in my family knows who's uneducated now. If I want to fix even something as simple as a taillight on my car, I have to call my friend. I can't call my family. They don't know. He's not uneducated. He just knows things I don't. We're differently educated. We are educated about different things. He knows different things, and there are millions of people in this country that are in the same boat. By by calling them uneducated, Not only are you being insulting and arrogant about your education, you're also preventing yourself from learning something new. And if you work in the news, you should always be trying to learn something new. If the people who voted for Trump are uneducated, and you're part of big media, and you're very educated, then whatever reason those uneducated, deplorable people had for voting for Trump doesn't really matter, because they're uneducated. However, if you're in big media and you start to think of those people not as a basket of deplorables, but as your potential audience, then their opinions and ideas and ways of looking at the world do matter. No one knows everything, no matter how much formal education you have. Stop calling people uneducated. Realize they have simply learned different things than you have and do a better job of respecting that experience and that knowledge and you'll end up being a better journalist and you won't be surprised by this election and take the Lord's name in vain on air. That differing knowledge could have come in handy last night in the big media newsrooms all across the country. Why were you so wrong? I heard that over and over. How, how did we get this so wrong? Listen carefully. Here's the answer. The reason why you were all wrong is because all of you were wrong. I'll say it again. The reason why you were all wrong is because all of you were wrong. There weren't enough dissenting voices in the newsroom. There haven't been in a very long time. The journalists and anchors and pundits who work in big media are more than 90% Democrats. There are some who claim to not even know a single person who's voting for Trump. How can you claim to be working for your audience, the American people, if you aren't even trying to know your audience? The reason you were all wrong is because there wasn't anyone in the office in your face saying, I hear what you're saying, but here's a fact you're missing. And there were facts that were missed. The narrative on all the networks at the start of the night was that Clinton practically had this all wrapped up and she would win over 300 delegates. She had a 95% chance of winning the election as the night began. But see, that's not actually what the polls were saying. The real clear politics average of the polls said it was going to be Clinton winning 272 to 266, not 300 something, 272 to 266. What the average of all the polls was actually saying was that Trump would only need to flip one state, one more state than what the polls had said he was going to win. He only needed to outperform in one state and he would win. That's what the polls were saying at the beginning of the night. And yet, all of the media missed it. And they missed it because they were talking to each other and reinforcing their view of events. And that makes it harder to digest and absorb information that is counter to your pre-existing views. They were all wrong because all of them were wrong. Next, how should people who didn't vote for Trump react? Well, let me point to two facts that I hope will give you some encouragement. If you didn't vote for Trump and you're you're listening to this podcast, and you're trying to get some understanding. I applaud you for that. Let me give you two facts that I think can give you some solace. One, America has never been a more tolerant and accepting society than it is today. The vast majority of Americans realize that judging others on the basis of skin color is wrong. They are more accepting of gays and lesbians in the workplace and in their own neighborhoods, and even, in some cases, in their churches. Most Americans work for women and are fine with that. Not a problem. At least they work with women if they're not working for them. See, that level of acceptance was not possible 30 years ago. That's a fact. At the same time, America has never been more Republican than it is today. The GOP now controls the White House, the House of Representatives, the Senate, the Supreme Court, 33 governorships, and 36 state legislatures. In 25 states, exactly half of America, the GOP controls the governor and both houses of the state legislatures. Half. Never before in the history of America has the GOP had so much power And it comes at the exact same time when tolerance for others is at an all-time high. How can you square those two facts? Historic tolerance combined with historic Republican control. How can you square those two ideas? Maybe, just maybe, people who vote for Republican candidates are not the racist, sexist, xenophobic sociopaths the media and the democratic campaign ads have said they are maybe maybe your fellow americans aren't a basket of deplorables maybe just maybe they want what's best for the entire country just like you do to paraphrase sting conservatives love their children too If you're able to take those two facts, that our nation has never been more tolerant, and that our nation has never been more Republican at the same time, and square those two facts with how you're able to see political reality, then I hope that gives you some some hope, some faith for the next administration. And finally, to Republicans, you didn't win because the people like you. You won. Because they didn't like Hillary. Trump is not going to be popular just because he won. Yes, he has a mandate right now. But if he doesn't actually make America great, the voters will turn on him fast. Remember what happened to the last party that won a big election and then didn't govern through the consent of the governed Obama came into office eight years ago with both houses of Congress and a majority of the governorships, then pushed through Obamacare over the very loud and obvious objections of the people. Since then, Obama has presided over the biggest decline in a national party since at least the Great Depression and maybe since the end of the Whig Party before the Civil War. Republicans. Do what you've been hired to do. Repeal Obamacare and replace it with something that actually makes healthcare more affordable, preferably by expanding market forces. End illegal immigration. Keep us safe from terrorism without entangling us in more foreign wars. Rebuild our reputation with our enemies and let them know we found our big stick. Improve the economy, mostly by getting out of our way. Make it easier to do the right thing and harder to do the wrong thing. And remember, above all, the Declaration of Independence says the role of government is to secure our rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you continue to be destructive to our rights then we have the additional right to burn this mother down and don't think we won't. Don't try us. You work for the people. Remember that. If you don't, I guarantee you will wake up one morning and ask yourself, what just happened? Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, AmericaOnpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning.